0: Okay to go.
1: All right. So are all the hands raised that were raised? Uh or Nic- missing anybody?
0: I think Nicole put her hand down. Maybe she changed her mind. Oh, here she is.
1: Ah, there it is.
0: Let's go to Nicole because she was before Laura. Okay. And then we go to Laura. Okay, Nicole. You need to unmute yourself.
2: Unmute. Uh, We still cannot hear you.
1: Oh! No. Oh, I heard something.
3: Oh, did you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I don't know what I did, but
1: yeah, <laughs> you're
3: Whatever it was, it worked. <laughs> um. So this is my first time joining. I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> um, I am very intrigued by the the program, the mentorship program. Um, I have some fears or reservations because of the financial aspect. And also I have a baby and I'm concerned I might not be able to give my attention properly. How do we know if we're ready or if there's some sort of like time we should be waiting or if there's a right time or something like that? Um,
1: anytime, anytime is the right time. And it it's totally dependent on you and your needs. And these are recorded. These are recorded and they are posted in the appropriate place, whatever that's called these days. Uh <laughs> all, that's, all that technical stuff uh, kind of eludes me Um but th- you could always go back later you know even if you could only join for a little while and then baby cries and you gotta go you know that's okay that's okay you can come come back and come back in any time and, and you can listen to it later anytime. time wait till the youngster's asleep. And...
2: <laughs> so anytime. Thank you. Uh,
0: uh, it's probably best to get in touch with Laura. Laura Kay. You guys can in- exchange information if you'd like. She can give you a, a much more clear picture of what's what's involved in how it works. Thank you, Nicole. And Laura P.
4: Um, Let's see. I have two questions, but I'll only ask one, and I can go to the back of the line if somebody else wants to ask another question. So um you spoke earlier about the sand and the sparklies. And um I can see the sparklies. Um and I can see what I would call life, life energy. The and that looks more like like water underwater kind of feel, like it's coming off of everything. Uh, the other day I saw little sparklies on me and I just I have a question as to life energy versus um, well, how did I write it? Just second, let me look my note over here. Shimmering field of awareness or um, our consciousness is that is it the same thing? That aliveness um, as the when? Why would one look different than the other? One looks shimmery. And the other look more like everything's underwater energy flowing. When
1: we see things with our spirit eyes, we're using what the ancients call our inner library. And it's often connected to the third eye, but it's, it's really a total body thing. And as an energy, uh, Energy field thing. So, when we we have a spiritual experience, or we're doing a ceremony and and we see something on the spiritual level, or maybe a better word is perceived. Not everybody's a good seer. Sometimes they hear, they hear it, or they they feel it, like touching it, uh, or smelling something, or even tasting. But as their spirit senses uh, get more and more developed, then we have stronger sense, senses at first. Like a lot of people are very visual in our culture. So the spirit sense of sight might develop first in them. But somebody else, it might be the hearing. You know, you never know. You just you just gotta see what comes and and work with it. But uh little by little, they all get developed, and when we'll use this the sight as an example when you see something on a spiritual level, you're seeing with your spirit senses you it's the information is getting translated, it's coming in, and it hits your field, it goes. Into your system, and it gets translated by your own inner library and These are symbols that you have collected in your life. They're not everybody else's symbols they they're uniquely yours. They used to be in a tribal sense with small tribes that don't get out much and, and meet other people. That everybody's growing up with an extremely similar uh, symbolism for many things, and in that situation, uh, somebody else, a, a medicine person, could like listen to your story about what you saw, and and tell you more authentically about what it might have meant, might have meant. But really, the only way that we can tell what it really means is from the feeling, the feeling energy that's underneath the picture. What is the picture trying to represent? The feeling quality of that. What is it trying to represent? And only you can feel that. Nobody else can feel that to anybody else tells you they can analyze your journey or your dreams or your spiritual events and analyze your symbology. Don't believe it. That's, that's all make believe that only, only is maybe getting close to what it really means in a, in a isolated tribe, but now we have everybody's symbologies that that we've grown up with and that we've been taught, and we read in a book, and we saw in a movie, and somebody from this other culture came in and told you these other things, and they, and so all these symbologies are just all all in that library, all mixed up, and it's very personal to each person, very unique to each person. So when everybody's telling their stories about where they've been in, in the class and what what kind of a trip they had and they, you know, they saw this kind of animal or this kind of thing or saw this on the wall was uh, painted and it's uh, probably all quite detailed and beautiful and exciting and it felt like you know this this, this the feeling part is what's important that's where the that's where all the information is because that's what first touched you that information of what was out there the information of the sparklies who they are what they are that energy hits your system gets into the translator, it does its best that it can to give you symbols that you you feel like you're seeing with your mind's eye or with your physical eyes and to give you an idea of what those things were that you saw. They're trying to describe it, that, that, that translator is trying to describe it for you as best as it can but to truly understand it and get a total total knowledge of what it's all about you have to go back to the initial feeling and that is under under the picture the picture is trying to describe it, it gives you hints maybe <laughs> but it's the feeling all the information
2: is in the feeling
4: Thanks, Kay. Thank Go you. Go ahead and ask one more question. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm getting in front of the line all the time. <laughs> so I have these two wind friends. One usually comes from the east and one usually comes from the south. The one from the south, um, I usually get a picture. And they, it it's coming from the south, but it, it's come from the south, but it has to be someplace by the beach because I always see this mud flat. Um, And kind of get the smell of sea, you know, kind of the old. Anyway, so I wanted to know. I want to do some sort of altar or something to honor them, um I'm not quite sure how to go about that. I wouldn't want to do a a circle or something like that, but like maybe a a flat stone, and and maybe you have a suggestion.
1: Well, just to make sure, I'm not sure I. If I heard it quite right, you said okay. wind spirits. Yeah. A, as in blowing wind.
4: Yes, I yeah. have to, to, to okay. that, that, yeah, two. Yeah, I can tell their signatures. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, wind spirits, uh, there's lots of them, and they're usually localized in a particular area of the land. And some in tiny little spots, some in much bigger spots. And they have a distinct flavor. their signature is distinct, very different one from the other, one from the other, totally different and you can get to know them and you can have um chats with them and ask them questions and if you um if you want to have a ceremony with them to to um to meet them. You could create a circle, a circle altar that you would step into the, the middle of and either sit down or stand up. And I did that the first time I met my wind spirit friends. I was living in Oregon, and I did that. And I was, uh, oh, no, wrong. That was not Oregon. That's, I was still in college. <laughs> I was in the first college in Santa Cruz, California. And I was, I was up in the Santa Cruz mountains and and with the kids uh, and husband. And uh, the only time I could get away to do something like that would be the middle of the night. So in the redwood forest, it's really dark. uh, I went out into the middle of the night and found a, a bare spot to, to create my circle, get in it. And say hello to the wind spirits, because I had that feeling they were knocking at my door. And so I did that, and here it comes. <laughs> standing there, and I could hear it in the redwood trees. It would blow in this one over here for a while, and then it would move to the next tree and blow for a while, the next one, and then move back and around, and and then it came straight at me. Nothing else was moving just where the wind spirit was, nothing else moving, distinct feeling that that wind spirit is distinct to that that area. So if you want to to just honor them, um uh, like on your altar for yeah uh Something that would represent them. It could be something that you create yourself. It could be, you know, like if you don't have much room or resources, and, and you could take a little, teeny piece of leather or cloth or even paper, and draw or paint um, something that represents to you. It rep it represents them. Or a specific one. That one and then another drawing for the other one. Whichever you feel. It's whatever you feel. And you can ask them that you would like this to represent them specifically on your altar. Which is a, that's a big honor. That's a big, that's asking a lot for a spirit. To a spirit. So, It's you're giving them a great honor. And sometimes you may want to offer them something like a a Native American, North American Indians, and and a lot of South Americans do it too, from what I've heard, um, is a spirit offering of food that happens particularly while you're eating your own meal. You just take little pieces of it and you put it on this little bitty dish or a paper or a leaf or whatever, and, and put it on the altar, or put it in, in a special spot, and, and give it to them. And they really like that. Sometimes they want something in particular. So if you, if you feel, if you like, sp- with your spirit ears, you're listening to them, feeling, you might feel Water. they like an offering of water. They would like that gift. We can't really say what they do with it, but they're honored when they get it. That I know. <laughs> they really, really like it. They might like something like chocolate, you know, or who knows. They'll tell you if you ask. You listen. You feel for it. Wind spirits, when I first felt that wind spirit coming at me, I could feel it in the bushes. It was so big and it was so powerful that it was, it was kind of taking my breath away. I was trying not to get afraid, <laughs> but it, it initiates that alarm feeling because it's so something we're very, very not used to. The only way you could see that it's there really physically is that the wind is moving that tree or it's sitting on that branch of that tree and it's wiggling it and there are no animals sitting there. <laughs> it's just, it's something invisible sitting there. And I just had to get used to the feeling of it. There was so much love. There was so much kindness and beauty in the wind. And they were so glad that I was speaking to them. They said, oh, my God, it's a human. They're speaking to us. So... <laughs> this human is, is actually, you know, got her attention aimed in our direction. And they, they just, they felt very honored and very loved, very excited, And I spent a long time with them. And then they gave me their instructions for any time I encounter them again or I go out or I want to encounter them, there's different things to say or do or just call them. They may give you a name to call them by, maybe not. But uh, you call them what you need to. They feel it. They understand and they move around sometimes they may have a locality that they like to be in and live in most of the time but they get up and and go move to some other like a wind spirit convention or something in some other place <laughs> and you could feel that but here i am in santa fe new mexico And that first wind spirit I ever met consciously in that way lived in Santa Cruz, California. And one day I really felt it after we moved in. I really felt it. I felt the other, the local Santa Fe wind, several of them, but I felt distinctively. I felt that. And then the, the weather started to change and it got really cloudy and misty and foggy and drippy not a real rain rain just just very or santa cruz like in the fog the fog comes off the uh the sea and hangs in the forest and just sort of drips and it was just like that and it was it was that spirit and they were there for a little while, then they went on. And I have felt others. I had spent time. Uh, Helmut and I lived in Montana. And one time, I thought, "This is sure weird weather for Santa Fe. This looks really odd." And then I, I felt it. It's like, oh, oh, I have visitors <laughs> from out of town. They're coming from from Montana to to come and say hi. And they were there for a couple of days. There was these big storms happening, a certain kind of storm, the kind of storm that doesn't happen here in Santa Fe, but it happened in Montana. And they told me that now that I have met them in uh, Santa Cruz, that every new place I go, I need to go say hi to the wind. So it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be altars. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, offerings or, but a purposeful hi. And I love feeling you. I love meeting you. And sometimes they talk a lot right then sometimes they they don't, you know, it's all different and I had some from the wind spirits from the northeast come here to Santa Fe, totally different wind, wind pattern clouds, weather freaky weather and I'm I was I've been able to feel their signature realizing the land. They were telling me the land where they usually live. Like way, way, way north in in the frozen north or in the south. That
2: was a lot of years ago when I did that.
1: So I've met a lot of wind wind people since then. So every time we get thunder and lightning and winds and storms and clouds, rain, snow, it's it's an exciting, uh, I don't even have the right word for it. Sometimes it's a visit from somebody far away. Sometimes it's the, the spirits that live right here doing their thing. And Santa Fe clouds true Santa Fe clouds are really distinctive. They look distinctive. They act distinctive. They feel distinctive. And very different than anybody else's. And clouds from any place else, wind spirits. So it's all a matter of attention. It keeps coming back to that. I hear students say that all the time. It's all about attention again, isn't it? It's yes. Yes. <laughs> yes it just had just happens to be all about attention again so i tried to pay attention to the winds the sky the clouds the cloud people thunder people lightning people wind people rain and snow and i honor them always honor i always honor them in the gratitude ceremonies which some of you have heard.
2: So thank you.
4: Thank you, Kay. That was wonderful.
1: Oh, thank you. Good. Good questions. All right. Somebody else?
0: Are you trying to unmute yourself?
5: Oh, there you are. <laughs>
1: ah,
2: beautiful.
5: I thought it would be a good time, better time for gratitude and bringing up spirit, and good two ladies to follow. Hard year last year for Odette, myself, started about the same time. And Spirit led me to K, about October before your last class.
2: This is hard. Um,
5: brought up in nature, brought up in the way. Spirit has always been there. And no one else understands.
2: So I fell asleep this last year and started walking dead.
5: Things led me to that, a lot of hard times. And facing things are really hard. So you pick up that mask and you put it on and you be what everybody else wants you to be because you can't let them see And then you realize you're really sick
2: you need help. And you look for help. But you can't explain these things to people. And so you look for folks that might know. And Spirit felt me Kay.
5: Well, I sat on my little cell phone and I listened to her two hour testimony on her page of how she felt or how Domenico felt her and her cafe story of his big smile. And it was pleasing to know that she had
2: guidance and someone that taught her because I didn't have that. But spirit's always been there. So as so I started turning on,
5: And Kay says, who are you? What's your song? Lost my song. Couldn't find it. And Kay, you're so beautiful and patient. And how you sat right there. And I'm trying to find that song. And you're like, saying, where is it? Come on, the birth of your child. Well, no, that didn't pick it out. Kittens? No, that didn't pick it out, turn off the TV, I'm done. I find myself in November, didn't get into your class October. I find myself in November and well, we know we had a lot of asteroids or things falling from the sky, didn't we? Sky was lit up in November, boy, was she talking. And we had a lot of things falling from the sky. Anybody else looking up at that time? Woo boy Sky was talking What a case say eh? live your life like the frog and I listened into that nonsense and this beautiful blue streak 2.30 in the morning or so but I never sleep can't sleep spirits come on Wake up, wake up, wake up. You can't sleep in this world. You can't walk around like this. You know better. Blue streak came down and it all flooded in.
2: All of that, your children, your
5: grandbabies, all those other things that you really care about in this world. Yes, what the dirt tastes like.
2: Other things that elders
5: have taught. Things you say, what does it taste like? What does it feel like? All flooded in and then early that morning sat out there in my chair and became that frog and my lily pad is pretty nice. And I, I like my pond, it's small, start living again. Start living again. And of course, um, my beautiful partner's sitting here with me. My, He loves me. <laughs> this 17 year spouse of mine, coming on the ride with me. Yes, he knows my love of nature. His pockets are always full of rocks and dirt. <laughs> 17 years, he knows his pants, bring a backpack, we're going on that nature walk and only knows what his pockets would be filled with when we're done. And he's sitting here with me now through our conversation because he knows I need this. And everything you have spoke of today is yes, is what I know, is what I hear, but I have no teaching. Like Nicole, that came up It says she has none of this proper teaching. I don't. It's here, but I don't know what you know, Okay, I didn't have DeMonico or Chia or your beautiful community of people that have knowledge and training, but spirit said, feed the birds, get out your head.
2: And the birds come and when spirit comes,
5: Spirit says, put feathers on your altar. <laughs> That's what she told me. Put feathers on your altar, sweetie. Laura, honor them. It's,
2: it talks. Spirit always says, if you
5: listen, you see others just think I'm nuts. Okay, you're the first one that knows. You have the answers
2: that are here already, here already. So you finally speak the words and I'm so thankful. So here's my gratitude to you. Thank you, Mama Kate, for just
5: having the know-how, the answers what I've always felt, what I was trained as a child
2: but lost that training after 10 and, and didn't have it any longer.
5: And the old ways are gone. And you try to gather that and teach to my children now, but it's,
2: their old ways.
5: So we're considered a little different, huh? That's how I see myself now. But I get to tell you thank you. Because you talk the way I understand. And I love hearing it. So again, thank you. Thank
2: you. I have no more words than that. Tears. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being there when I need you. Thank you for being there when I needed you. That understood. You found me and said, wake up.
5: You know better. Thank okay. you. And your community of people, believers, that know, that hear. So I'll be listening. And. and um Maybe I can join this time. We'll mm-hmm. see if I can fit I hope in so. I hope so. And share. Thanks for listening to me. I know it sounds I, I, I feel weird. Hopefully I maybe fit somewhere.
1: <laughs> you, you sound perfectly normal among us. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Bless us all. We've, we've, I've had some other students, the other people who've come along from time to time that um, seem to have some of their spirit senses working, but nobody has ever told them um, that they exist, and they think they're a bit on. They think that you know they just did uh, a real wacko, <laughs> and I grew up that way. My parents were. Preoccupied, we'll say. <laughs> we'll be gentle. We'll say preoccupied. So, even at a very, very young age, I was a lot on my own. And we had a forest around us, a little, little forest, but it, you know, it was a forest. And I'd go out there and dig in the dirt and play, you know, house and forts and, um, <laughs> <laughs> All kinds of whatever I could think up, you know, like little kids do, and talk to the the bushes and the trees and the dirt. The they were my friends. They were my friends, and that's that's what I, uh, that's what I listen to the most. The the muggle stuff that came out of other people's mouths or my parents' mouths or the, you know, neighbors' siblings, whatever. Uh, I just, it just didn't fit with anything about me that I was experiencing. So I just uh, was like, eh, you know, <laughs> bugs with you, okay. We'll, we'll go back to the forest. And get ourselves, you know, lost from other people. Sometimes I'd take my dog with me, but that was chancy because she could run away. (laughs) Yeah, we understand. We understand.
2: You are welcome here. You bet.
0: Beautiful.
1: Thank you. Beautiful.
0: Would you share your name with us? You don't have to. I'm Kathy. Hi, Kathy.
2: Thank you. Hi, Kathy. Okay. Nicole. Can you hear me this time? yes
3: yes (laughs) um i had had a question earlier but you ended up sort of touching on it a bit so i lowered my hand but i figured i would ask just to make sure i'm totally clear um i know that you discourage uh like hallucinogens that type of thing um because they could impede on your ability to accomplish what you're trying to do. But I wanted to know how far that extends to other things like um, psychiatric medications or, you you know, allergy medicine. Like, Mm -hmm. is there a wider range of things that could have a negative impact?
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm not one that knows a great deal about pharmaceuticals, but, any pharmaceutical or any plant or substance tincture whatever that alters your mind is should not be taken when you're trying to do these kind of studies because you can you can't perceive correctly they distort everything, so that would have to do with um uh painkillers that are heavier than aspirin that's that kind of, you know, just make you a little loopy. And um, muscle relaxers, uh, any of those kinds of medicines that that work on the neurological system, on your mind, that fog you up. That's just don't do them if you can. And if it's something you absolutely have to have uh, pharmaceutically, then we need to work that out, how how that works. But any of the hard narcotics, anything that's an opiate, anything that is is, uh, refined cocaine leaves, the leaves themselves, especially if you're at high altitude, are a wonderful medicine for high altitude sickness. And they don't fog your mind up this that's the natural leaves they haven't been tampered with they're just the way nature made them things that have been tampered with and and certainly have been then altered like cocaine or crack or any any of that stuff i don't know what all the modern names are I haven't been keeping up <laughs> but any of the street drugs yeah you don't do you want to take any of that stuff and and try to do this it can't be done we had one lady one time that um i think it was painkillers she had some bad accident or broke a bone or something or residual pain uh, she came to class and she tried to um, take pain pills to try to make her herself be able to sit there in the class and, and hopefully listen. And she took way too many. And she just kept popping them. And, you know, she was starting to lean real heavy in her chair <laughs> to one side. You know, it's like everybody's just wondering, what? 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 Um, it turns out, when we, when we found out the truth, she was eating way, 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 way too many of them beyond any good prescription level. And Helmut had to drive her back to where she was staying and tell her, you know, get your airplane ticket fixed and go home. Go home and take care of yourself. Because she just, she couldn't keep it together. She couldn't learn anything. She was disruptive. Uh, She would start talking in the middle of of some time of the day when she shouldn't have been talking. Somebody else's time to talk or silent time, journey time. So I had to send her off. That's the only person um, that I purposefully had to send off. I had one other guy. I don't know what he was on, but um, he he was uh, he was an, enough conscious that he knew he should dismiss himself from the class, and he did.
2: That guy was actually a doctor,
1: so you never know. You just you know you can't judge, and you never know, and you can't expect things ahead of time. Uh, it things just happen the way they happen, and we try to get everybody to to really truly think about their diet and their substances, even marijuana, um, even marijuana uh, oil is sp- supposed to be very medicinal and, and uh, help with pain and that kind of stuff. And it might, might be helping with pain. I, I don't really know. Um, it was even, offered to my cat when she was sick. Uh, And so I tried. I tried to give it to her, and I managed to get it on my finger. And I could feel it. It was just, it was totally disruptive, totally disruptive. So I would recommend no marijuana products at all. And the people who smoke cigarettes, they're going to have to learn how to not have a cigarette during class. Hopefully they're not smoking quite that many that they could wait till break. But in, in some of the small spaces that we've been in, even for them to take a break, go outside and smoke by themselves and they come back in, there's a heavy smoke smell. There's a, there's a, Heavy residual smell that is uh bothersome to a lot of people. So best not to have even cigarettes. We do use native tobacco. To, if we're not um sometimes we have pipes and we smoke it. There is that, but that's a whole ceremony into itself. It's not just smoking it, it is a ceremony it's very rare and the rest of the time we are using it to help build altars or to make spirit offerings and that that is appreciated highly by a lot of the spirits they really like that and alcohol of course yeah, don't even don't even try to drink anything for at least 4 days before, and it'd be good for four days after for your own benefit,
2: for your own safety.
1: And the one that people do not <laughs> want to believe is probably one of the biggest offenders of all, and that is sugar. Sugar is a drug. Anything that has sugar in it, Even too much fresh fruit has way, way too much sugar, and it distorts your mind. It distorts your consciousness, your ability to perceive anything spiritual, and your concentration. We have to learn to build our concentration in order to learn how to focus your attention and hold it there. You have it focused on something, and you're right there, not disturbed, not disrupted, holding your attention. So little by little, we learn to do that. But anything sugary, anything disturbs that.
2: Anything that has
1: any kind of sugar in it, it's, it's not it's not very good for your health it is not not a food sugar is chemically industrial um product it's not a food has no nutrition you don't need it and i go into a, a whole healing class it has a lot a lot about sugar and other other such things another thing that we can eat that. um I find it more and more and more true. This disrupts your mind, and that's liquid vegetable oils.
2: Seed oils. They're liquid at room
1: temperature. They come from plants, seeds mostly. Olive oil sometimes for some people. The avocado oil, that's That goes bad too fast. Don't need it. (laughs) If you want an avocado, eat an avocado. You don't need the oil. But that disrupts your capabilities to do what you really want to do and accomplish in a class like like these classes. To do what we do to open up our, our spiritual part of our being... So it's not empty anymore. We're actually using it and having fun with it, growing. Those are, those are things that have to be paid attention to first. I know that can be kind of daunting at first, especially if you go open your pantry up. Yes or your fridge and count all the things that have these substances in it that you should probably just throw away. I wouldn't even give them to somebody else. That's just, you know, I wouldn't even
2: give them to my own enemy.
1: So that's That's uh, pretty much the rules on forbidden substances that will hinder your spiritual journey. Thank you. You're very, very welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you for the question, this beautiful question.
0: Linda.
6: Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, great. I just kind of want to piggyback. I mean, everything is wonderful and beautiful. Piggyback on what Kathy and Odette both said on um, the gratitude and <clears throat> listening to the videos because that's how I just listen to the library and listen to the videos and have them going. And, cave your voice and your stories. And I did call it your song. And I, I I learned my song and I found my song and I I can recognize my song but like listening to one of your talks the other day and Laura said it um it was like it was like it's your song calling and it, it, it like the big light bulb went off and it was like my song has been calling me here to find you to to hear you And, like, listening to the videos, and I would be at at work, so the video might not be on, but I'd have my headsets in because I just couldn't get enough. And listening, you were speaking to my song, and I didn't know what that really meant, but I wanted to know because something was stirring inside. And, yeah, the, the feeling of crazy because in the world of the major muggle bubble, and trying to explain this aha moment of something that you've said, and people just look at you like, I, I say it all. I used to say it all the time, and then that also has come through with the teachings. It's like I'm from another planet. Am I speaking another language? I feel I'm from another planet, <laughs> and I've been saying that for years. <laughs> um Now I'm understanding, <laughs> and I can't wait to journey and find out what that planet is. Um, the gratitude and the thank you. And, uh, again, the unconditional love in that muggle bubble, I thought that I could, I knew what unconditional love was and unconditional acceptance. And this week I had this amazing experience with two total strangers. Um, it was four women. So it was another woman that I knew and these two total strangers and the level of trust and sharing and how how comfortable they felt sitting with us and opening up and just sharing some really deep, hard things that like in passing in, in say even two years ago, if if they, one of them would have said, Oh yeah, I did nine years in prison. I did 11 years in prison. I could say, okay, I'm going to have a conversation with these women and I'm going to, I'm going to work really hard to understand and, and accept them. To really just be there and feel, and like I knew them, and it was so beautiful. And I mean, it wasn't to—I don't think it was to the trust level of a giving a hug. I talked, I, I thought of it, and just kind of let it be because they—I I felt that that they weren't ready for that. But I heard them talking down the hallway, saying that they were supposed to be there. We were supposed to be having this conversation. And it was, it was so beautiful. So thank you. Much gratitude, much love. And if you could speak just because, like I said, I thought that I knew unconditional love had no clue and still learning it. Um, so if you could speak on that, that would be amazing.
1: Hmm. Indeed. A favorite subject, really. Mm-hmm. The pre-flood Egyptians say in they have several different creation stories, but this is the big one, the, the favorite. That um Oset Sept, which is Black Isis, the great goddess, the creator of all things, that was there before anybody else was, was there. She she existed. And No form, just her beingness. The first thing that she birthed into this universe to make this universe was love.
2: She birthed love.
1: And out of love grew the one that weaves the world into being, takes that love and weaves it into things. More physical. And then there's the third one that is is born out of love. And that's Mahat. And Mahat is truth. And truth is truth is truth within your perspective. So Mahat means truth, but perspective also. Because what is Truly true at her level of existence and the beginning of of it, of our physical world, doesn't look the same as it does now, and to people who are here now, especially. So, love, and this is true, unconditional, cosmic. Divine love, we're talking about that's born first. Everything else is grown out of it, is made out of it. And every song that is created, every song that she created, is
2: created out of the love.
1: So, your song, our song, their song, everybody's song. Is created out of love. It is love. This unconditional love. It has no conditions whatsoever. It is just happiness and joy and beauty and appreciation and
2: acceptance. Out
1: of unconditional love is birthed unconditional acceptance. And that's, that's a phrase worth thinking about. Unconditional acceptance.
2: So, when we have unconditional love, we have unconditional acceptance. And that's
1: Showing the love, the appreciation, the love of your aliveness, of your existence, of your beingness, of the adventures that you've had through eons and eons and eons as a song. Your vastness, it's the connectedness of all things. This unconditional love is connected to everything, everywhere, all through time. Even the people we we have deemed uh, very evil, you know, say Hitler, that's a good example. Still giving Hitler unconditional love and acceptance doesn't mean you have to approve of anything he actually did or was responsible for or any of his minions were responsible for but his existence his song his aliveness and when you get far enough away from the physical life that uh, you have a different perspective of truth and you realize that he accepted to take that role on at a spirit level he accepted that role, knowing what that that was really going to mean what he'd be doing in order to teach himself but everybody else to give them a, the the journey that they wanted so that they could learn these truths. And that, that includes all of us. It, it includes all the people that were in a, a concentration camp or any of the other horrors. And
2: that's a hard thing to to accept when we're living in a muggle, muggle bubble, when we're living asleep.
1: We have even the ability to be able to separate those actions from the spiritual entity that agreed to perform them so that people could learn what they needed to learn at
2: this time.
1: In the muggle bubble that we grew up in, what we know of as love, it's called love, but it is attention and affection. People will give you attention, maybe affection, if you do what they want. If you obey the rules, if you are being the person they want you to be, All these conditions, you got to be this, that, that, do this this and this and this. And then I will love you. I will give you the attention.
2: I will give you what looks like affection.
1: But it's not unconditional love. It is not cosmic level, divine level, unconditional love that we are made out of. And everything else in our world, on our planet, every rock, every tree, all the clouds, all everything is made out of love, true, 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 unconditional love. And once you start meeting the, some of these different spirits, you realize they are living true, unconditional love and unconditional acceptance. Doesn't matter what you've done in your life, <laughs> they they still love you, they accept you, they honor you, they help teach you that those things probably are not a good thing for you to do anymore. <laughs> Maybe you know you you did what you needed to do for your own lessons or somebody else's lessons, or but they love
2: you anyway and they'll help you unconditional love
1: means there's there's nothing holding back there's there are no you don't have the reins on somebody else you know you're not not puppet strings
2: You're free. And you're free
1: to love. And they're free to love. And we can show this love. We can learn to feel it and share it. It's another thing that we learn about the world out there is the world, all these other songs... (laughs) They're so at the drop of a hat ready to give you love and acceptance. No matter what you did, you might have just done some really horrible thing and you're all wigged out and you run under the tree and you go, oh, tree, 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 help me. They will. And they know exactly what you just did.
2: And they understand why and what's behind it on different levels. but they're there to help you and love you. That's part of what they are. My
1: whole backyard is full of rocks. Sometimes people might think it's a little excessive, but my motto is more rocks. Get more rocks because I understand them and I love them. I really, really, really love them because like water, they, they take on all kinds of energies. They take on the sunlight and they take on water energy and wind energy and earth energies, all those, all those different earth energies and the rocks hold it and hold it and keep collecting and they collect history and they share it with you. They shower you with it especially if you
2: ask for it. Let's shower it with you. They can give healings to you. So no matter what other people think, rock, rock is divine and full of unconditional love
6: Thank you, K. That's beautiful.
1: You are very, very welcome. Thank you for the question. Thank you.
6: I'm so happy to be here.
1: (laughs) Happy to have you. So happy.
0: I want to throw something in real quick for everybody who Mm -hmm. thought at some point in their life that they were crazy or aliens, which I was one of. I think it was Krishnamurti who said, it is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Linda. Hanne.
1: Thank you, Helmut. Go ahead. Oh, I don't have my hand up. Um.
0: It looks like you do.
6: Oh. Yeah, it's oh. up. Oh, interesting! Oh, I didn't take it off. I'm so sorry. You're good. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm good for right now at least. Thank you. All, All right. right,
0: Richard. Hi, Richard. Hello. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Um. Uh yeah, just loving um this morning and. My question was more around uh thought forms. Like you gave a, a bit of a definition there and I, I guess I have a bit of a an Itker um response. because um, yeah, I may think I know what it means, but could you could you share a little bit more about that? I I guess my question is around you know, are they good, are they bad? I I guess I I would imagine they're not one or the other.
1: Hmm. You're right. Um they just are. They exist. What they hold might be something that is dysfunctional, or they might hold something very beautiful or very instructive. Uh, we have thought forms for every single kind of thing that we think of. We have thought forms for letters, letters of the alphabet. Each one has its own thought form, and a thought form of a a, a letter would be describing what what a letter is and what it sounds like and how it's used and what are the grammar rules, that kind of stuff. And it's been around as long as the letter has. And we use thought forms to help us communicate. Each word has its own thought form that exists a long time because people keep running across the same word, and they keep thinking about it, and they feed it. Every time you think about that subject, you feed the thought form. So that helps us think within ourselves and, in, and with each other to, to communicate. Our communication uh, is on several different levels. We speak to each other, either in person or on Zoom, and we um, write letters and notes and books or whatever, and someone else reads that. We just communicated with them. We just gave them that, that information. And we communicate on energetic levels, psychic levels and that's that's part of the stuff that we're radiating out so we are thinking to each other and this the psychic information happens instantaneously the speaking is slower it's it vectors it it's going from here to over here to where you're sitting and it touches you and it takes time to travel and t- time for your ear and your brain to process it all. And that's, that's all 3D time, space. It, the waves that are happening in that level are, um, they're physical. They're vectoring. Takes time. The psychic stuff, the spiritual stuff, instantaneously, it is not touched by Time or space at all, period, not not affected by it. And so we can be thinking um, imagining like a conversation in our mind with a person. they're way on the other side of the earth. They're way out there. And it touches them because we're thinking about them. and on some level inside them, it registers and they may not be totally conscious about it or they might be, or, you know, anything in between.
2: So we're all picking these
1: things up as well as sending them out. These kinds of of conversations and they are, they're helped by thought forms. The thought form that you make that's psychic, that's going to John Doe in China over there, happens instantaneously. It has its own thought form. It's carrying the whole information that you you built the thought, the thought form in. Well, you're, you're sitting there babbling to yourself, thinking about having this conversation with John Doe. That's making a thought form. That whole thought form goes to that person. If that person is right here, that whole thought form goes to that person instantly. So even if you're wondering, those who who know what a red door bowl is, it's a healing bowl. It makes a scalar wave. We make scalar waves. When we are sending something through time and space, um, that's a vector. When we're outside of time and space, that's a scalar wave. That's a scalar wave. So the bowl makes a scalar wave, and you put healing in there, in your bowl, little information written out for healing to a certain person, goes straight to them instantaneously. It continues to broadcast that message, as long as it stays in the bowl, is still cooking, so we live with all these different things going on with these different kinds of of thought forms, even with the bowl you are creating a thought form with the bowl and helping the the bowls helping you send it, and it will keep sending it, which is a really convenient thing. <laughs> it just keeps doing it, yay, and that helps us a lot, so thought forms have all these different kinds of things in it, and our personal thought forms you know we're we're babbling to ourselves an awful lot in the middle of the day <laughs> and the night and uh, any time uh, if we're in the muggle bubble. Our thought forms are totally governed by the muggle bubble and all of their beliefs and all of their shoulds and all, all the and culturalization, all of that, totally controlled. So if you're all angry at somebody and you're making a thought form uh, at the moment, of course, that thought form is full of anger. It's a whole big bubble of just anger. And it, as, as long as you have that anger active in your in your mind and your body and your feeling, then the thought form will stay with you. But it will attract other thought forms of like kind, which that's you know that happens uh in the spiritual uh, psychic level of things, like like with homeopathics and stuff like that of like kind in other words other angry thought forms that were never yours to begin with but you attract them and they attach together and make a bigger thought form and then you feel even more angry it's still attached to you and and you're still going on and on and on about what you were thinking about in your mind babble babble round and round and round and round and round and you could think about that, like in a big city, a big crowded city like New York City, with all these different people, lots of thought forms. Some of them very benign. Some of them, you know, maybe somebody just uh, spent the day in one of the art museums and they're they're in love with all the paintings and they're full of of their painting excitement and the joy and and the, all that from the The art of it all, the beauty of it, their thought forms are are all beautiful and they'll attract beautiful thought forms. And any thought forms like that that are in the museum will get attracted to them. They might drag some of them with them as they leave the museum. Others stay there in the building. Same with an angry thought form. Say you you know you were in a bank and, and somebody had a bad bank day, very angry, throwing a fit, leaving all this anger everywhere all over the bank. It soaks in the walls and the floors and the air and, and the people. Uh, and if you go in and are susceptible to that, you know, you're like maybe just on the edge of, of having an anger thought form or something. You'll really attract that. Just. The whole bunch of it will just whoom, right to you and feed your own mind, your own thought forms, your blind beliefs. And you'll think up things to be angry about from, from 20 years ago or 30 years ago. If you don't have any really good thing to be angry about, like real recently, you'll find something or maybe it was something you, you saw on the Internet. Or are on the news, and you could be angry about that. Oh, that works. And then so you're feeding the thought form. The thought form's feeding you, and and round and round it goes, and it's bigger and bigger and bigger. Thought forms just keep getting bigger as long as they're fed. We see it. A good example is like a religious thought form. Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity, Judaism, shamanism any of the others there's so many they each have their own historical thought form that's has been around for who knows how long and gets fed all the time constantly fed and when you you step into that thought form you know you step into the bank and you step into that bad thought form. If you feel it, you could just move right out of the bank. And go, I don't think I want to be here until this gets aired out. Flush this out. <laughs> but as a muggle, they don't know what they're feeling. They're too asleep. They don't know that they're catching this like a germ. This anger thought form, they're catching it. Or maybe you walked into the museum and and you're right there with the the art lover and then and other people that you know are appreciating it and then getting all excited about different artists and, and you step into that thought form that's a whole different way of thinking and viewing the world and feeling and and art, and love, and beauty, and, you know, just all this, ooh, so exciting. You end up with a totally different feeling. And I hear this from, from people who don't know what they're talking about. They're still asleep. They may, they did a big journey. They're, they traveled to, like, uh, Japan or Thailand or, you know, places with some great Buddhist Temples, India, and they walking down the street. They start to see the temple. They can feel it at that point. If they're aware, they they know they're feeling it. If they're asleep, they're, their their body is getting, you know, them picking up the signals. They're not consciously aware. But once they go through the doorway of the temple, the thought form is so strong that they usually feel it. And that's what my teachers called uh, the entry room. You know, it's like your foyer. It's the entry room to the thought form. And it's got all the good things. (laughs) They put all the really good things about the religion in the foyer so that people will see that, feel that first. And they're all in it, and they're, they're in the feeling of it, and the emotion of it. and the, uh, They can get swept away and not know
2: that, that that's what swept them away.
1: Same with the bank, with the anger. Could be, people could be angry for days or weeks or months from, the, from an event like that and not have a clue. That that's abnormal. That that that's what happened to
2: them. They ran into a thought form. So.
1: That's a a good starter lesson for thought forms. We live with them. Our, Our earth is covered with thought forms. Thick. Like way out. Beyond the atmosphere, thick, thick, thick. Spirits have told me they they feel them, they see them, way out, out in space. <laughs> we've we've made lots of them. Some of them aren't so good. Some of them are. But we have a we have a lot that are really nasty. You can ma- imagine, like in a war zone, or a place that's had war after war after war. Like World War One and World War Two, and and all this little bickering that that keeps going on.
2: When I went over to live with Helmut,
1: uh, and we were we were in a train, and we we're going to do a class with with Ernie Rainbow, and we we're going north into North Germany. And we, went, we were coming from Austria. So we were going straight through all this old World War I and world, especially World War II. Bad places, the nasty places. And the thought forms were still there. People keep feeding them. The thought forms are still there in the buildings and the land. And it was mile after mile after mile. Solid. Just solid. It was very uncomfortable. And then we got out into the country, and oh, it was <laughs> much nicer. But those those thought forms—they're uh, making the people of the area not think right, not feel right, get all excited about certain things. And they're getting fed. They feed the thought form. Then they get fed. And they feed the thought form. That makes it bigger. And it collects other thought forms. It gets bigger. It doesn't have to be. It's what we're thinking and feeling. And we have a choice. When we're asleep and we're in the muggle-buggle, we don't have too much choice. Because we don't we don't understand the mechanisms and we don't understand how how the energies really work, what they are, what this this thought form stuff is, and how it transfers so much energies and information to us, but when we're really awake, we have the choice to not think that way, not feel that way not not bother with dwelling on, on any of those things. And we can even energetically scoop them up and ask the Mother Earth to open up a very special doorway to its heaven. That thought forms heaven, whatever kind of place that is, but to open the door and let this stuff go through to where it belongs its own its own kind of a home and we can we can actually clean the thought forms out of an area and we do that every time we have a ceremony we we clean the space clean the thought forms out of the space out of the things in the space if we have to go to another another spot like um, I don't travel a whole lot and it's not always an easy thing for me to get away with. So uh granddaughter Hannah, mother of great grandchild, she was getting married. She wanted she wanted me. They asked me to do, to uh assist to do the wedding, to facilitate and do a katasi wedding. And so I of course. Of course you're going to do that. But um in going to these different places the first first thing I do is, as I I'm seeing it from the car and we're approaching I am thinking about thought forms you know and, and getting them all collected and cleaning them like doing a healing cleaning them out of the space and the the physical things, the building and all that, and asking the Mother Earth to open up that door and lovingly send them through. You don't force them. They're never forced. But you have to because they see what looks like heaven to them, and it's much nicer than this place. Much better food, much nicer environment from their point of view. So off they go. And the door closes behind them,
2: and they can't come back into this world. So I think that probably is a good start for thought forms. Food for thought. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the question. Great question. Thank you.
0: Adamique.
7: Hello, I hope that you will uh, hear me because I have some problems with Wi-Fi.: here this
0: <coughs> You sound good.:: uh,
7: Okay, thank you. Um, thought forms create chords. Do I say that correctly?
1: Um, say it again.
7: Thought forms create chords.
2: Is that,
1: is that an English word? Do you know the... the, the chords. Tr-
6: connections. Cords. You know, like cords. The co- Oh, oh chords.
1: Chords. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Helmut and I had that trouble when we were first married. Like, what would you yeah, say? I, know. <laughs>
0: I you didn't say? have the trouble.
7: <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> I thought the chord is a chord, but I think my pronunciation is not very good in that
6: point.
0: Courts.
7: Is yeah. it a court?
6: Yeah. It's okay. I understood you. Yes. I okay, am. thank you. Anna. <laughs> well,
7: I, I was thinking when, when it's correct that thought forms create chords, then I understand that there hey, when there are chords between people, but when there are chords between me and the earth, when we did that ceremony, how is it possible then that there are so many chords beneath our feet? Between me and, and the earth.
1: <laughs> they are not governed by physical matter, time or space. They exist in what we call a non-linear reality. They're spiritual. They're energetic. And you can get as, as many of these energetic connections as as needed in any given moment, no problem with our our time space stuff. So, uh, the word "cord" can be misleading. We're we're definitely very very connected to everything to everybody, and it has been described probably for a few centuries, as, a, as the word cord, like running a, a cord, a telephone line between two people, or you and the earth. And so it helped us think about it. It helps us now kind of think about how this kind of stuff happens, especially the nonlinear Because it's it's happening instantaneously, and it's happening outside of time. It doesn't take any time whatsoever to exist or to be with us and then with the other person. You know, connecting, if we're thinking of a physical cord, well, first we got to tie it to us and connect it. And then we got to run it all the way over there and connect it to the other person, just, you know, like we're doing some kind of uh, TV connection. Those are things that are dictated by time and dictated by space. And we learn to think that way. But there's a, another whole level of, of action that happens and interaction. And if thinking about them as a cord helps you, then, then go ahead. But energetically, it's, it's an energetic two-way flow of a conversation. connectedness. And this happens with, with you and the person you're sitting close to, or to the tree outside, or a rock. Or it happens to you and the other side of the universe. Everything in between. It's all connected. And it is on an energetic level.
2: Does that help?
7: Um, I was thinking about it. I don't know wh- whether this is a good moment to ask it now. Uh, so please say to me when it's not a good moment now, but when we did the ceremony, the forgiveness ceremony, when we went um, to, uh, to cure the, the cords or to, or, to, or to cut the cords, there were a lot, of, a lot of cords between me and the earth. And that I didn't understand. Between me and people, I understand, but not between me and the earth. why should I have to cut them? But it wasn't um, I was frozen, so I had to cut them, but I couldn't understand why why there were um, why they were there, why they were there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that version of the forgiveness ceremony is from pre-flood Egypt. And it's translated into English, and they're using the words cord to describe the connection. And it it does make it a little simpler for your mind so you don't have to get so jumbled up in your head trying to figure out what that might look like (laughs) or be or exist. But... In these cords, the cords that you are instructed to find are the ones that are disruptive, that are sick, that are, are, there's some kind of inappropriate energy happening. And you want to straighten that energy out in the ceremony or you want to cut the cord. And by having that picture to use of a cord, where the energy's flowing down and back on a cord, and you could cut that cord and send it off into Mother Earth's door or wherever, it helps your mind make sense of it. in the beginning especially of of studying spiritual things these are non things things that work outside of time and space a lot of these things it can be really hard for us to grasp because we don't have anything in our 3d time space world that that looks like that that works like that it's And so it just seems your mind just goes (laughs) crazy, crazy. (laughs) No, no compute. Won't do it. And you, you'll spend your time spinning it in your mind, in your linear mind, just trying to uh, figure it out, make sense of it. And One thing that the ancients realized is that when we're doing a ceremony like this, any kind of ceremony, any kind of a healing, forgiveness is one of the healing ceremonies, that making a, a picture of it in your mind that you can understand, even though it may not be real completely accurate, but it makes sense to you. And, and the action with the picture makes sense to you that it works. The energetics of it still work, and your mind is is calmed down and isn't trying to be the boss and is uh, sitting in the background as a tool, waiting to be uh, utilized as a tool instead of the dictator. Then the, we have all of our attention freed up, a whole bunch of our attention freed up to use in the moment with with our, our new picture, and we do the action that the picture requires, which in this case would be to see a chord between you and whatever your um, you have to have a balance with. And come to terms with. So, you want that either to to go really well and beautiful, and it's now love and harmony and forgiveness. You forgive them; they forgive you. It's it's all harmonious now, and uh, the, the core could stay existing and healthy. If that's not happening, which is often, then you're going to need to to make some other kind of arrangement between you and the other and cut the cord. You cut the the cord that has all the the bad energy things going on it. The bad thought forms. And that's just, that's all. Then you put it in the, uh, the earth will open the door or whatever other way you might have of getting rid of it. Then the ceremony works. You have forgiveness. You can forgive other; they can forgive you, in a real way, real forgiveness, real love, nothing conditional. So we do this with all of our healing practices. Sometimes um, you need to think something up that's. Uh, um, a metaphor, a picture, a metaphor for your situation so you can work with that metaphor to do the healing. And sometimes your mind makes it up and presents it to you right away. Or maybe others or tradition has presented you with the metaphor, a picture. In my case, in this case, I was presented with that picture. There's a cord there, and it doesn't look right. It's, it's dark. It's ugly. It's, it has bad energy. And whatever's at the other end, you have not resolved your issue. And that has to be straightened around. It has to be forgiveness and love. Does that help?
7: It was between me and the earth there were so many cords and I couldn't understand because between me and the person that I understand, but between me and the earth mother, why should there be so many cords?
1: You might have been looking at the healthy cords too. Only you can tell that. I can't tell that from here. Only you can tell that. So instead of just... um Put, it's like you put a filter an editing filter on your perception okay I'm all I know I got lots of good chords and I got bad chords I'm only going to let the bad chords show themselves so so that my spirit mind can see the just bad chords and what's bad at the end and what resolution has to happen and I can't tell the quality of those chords from here.
2: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, you're the one that can tell. Yeah. The, you're the only one that can tell.
2: Yeah. Okay. And it's in
1: the feeling. It's in the feeling. You could you could redo the ceremony, or at least part of it, and set up the situation again, knowing a little bit more about it and ask these questions
7: okay i have a tiny other question is it possible to, to ask <laughs>
1: yes it? yes
7: i'm just um, starting with the red balls. just starting i uh, so i'm looking to um, uh, films or to movies uh, you made and i'm uh, now I'm walking with the bowl, sometimes from one room to another room, but I read you have to wait six hours, but it feels that it's, it seamlessly works. So when I put it in another room, I just have to wait a quarter and then it already works. But I read some words I had to wait six hours before it would work. So how does that...
1: When you're setting up the bowl for the very first time, it may feel like it needs to take a, a a little bit of time to uh it's like it's talking to its environment. It has to introduce itself and find out what everything else is and and settle in. And even when you've moved it, it only loses a percent, one percent maybe. It depends on, you know, what you're doing. If your hand went in and stays there, or uh, how far you've moved it, if it kept it covered for a long time, or whatever. That's so all those little things make a tiny difference. Somewhere above ninety-eight percent operational, uh, you know, you've only lost this little tiny, tiny bit for a moment. Yeah. And to be fully, fully integrated into its space, it takes longer.
2: But it's not going to diminish your efficiency. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Good
1: question. Thank you.
0: Okay, I was just going to call on you, Asta.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Uh, so good to be here. I apologize for being late. I just had to run to town and it took forever. Anyway, so um, I, I would like to know how to improve healings when I work on the healings. And recently I work on somebody uh, with lots of infection. And can I, I, can see... I
1: interrupt for just a second, sure, yeah, you probably weren't here when it was said, but today we're not talking about healing. I know a red door um slipped in there for a minute for
8: that. <laughs> so okay that's okay,
1: quickly answered, okay, but um, the healing things we're gonna do another day like this, open to the public, uh-huh, uh and it it'll be the mentorship open to the public and and goes all day as long as you want as long as there are questions there are answers so we'll do that and and all the healing questions um you know everything will be all about healing in red door energetic and everything so if if you want to add your question into the class uh electronically i never know what to call those things (laughs) to your to your medium of communication (laughs) for the for whatever class you wish (laughs) you can ask and we'll we'll see it and we'll we'll be able to attend to that okay see if there's some help that can happen
8: okay all right sounds good then i'm good no questions all
1: right anything else you want
0: to share?
8: Ah, uh, I don't know, it's just lovely day here and so good to see. I see like 22 participants and I read new names and it's just so fun to, to hear from people that, that, you know, joined us. And I'm so excited for Richard, that Richard is here. I just wrote him a short message, welcome. <laughs> it's so good to see him here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited. I even forgot that it's public. okay well thank you thank you for doing this this is amazing yeah
1: you're very welcome we're loving it yes yeah we're loving it
8: yeah beautiful the the ancients
1: say this is the time to tell it all (laughs) yeah you can't keep it secret and you can't keep it secret at the threat of death which has happened for a lot of centuries yeah. So it's it's time to bring it all out. And I know some things might get a little uh harder for for the new newcomers to to really understand the whole thing, but if you if you need more understanding of something that's been talked about, do ask. Do ask and I'll try to um bring that up to speed.
8: Yeah, this is really a great space, a very safe space. And nobody's weird here because we just hear you. We understand all your, all we came through all that. I, I myself personally was all <laughs> so many tears and we didn't have that beautiful technology that we could see each other. other we were on the phone and and sometimes all you hear just, you know, somebody's crying, slurping the nose. <laughs> and we didn't know each other. Then we came to Santa Fe first time. We, we saw each other first time and we were able to hug each other. and was just amazing. So, yeah, you guys, very, very lucky to be here. Yeah, and we are happy to have you too. Yeah, so thank you again.
1: Thank you, Asta.
0: Thank you. I want to I want to also ask Barbara if she wants to share something.
1: Can we can we have a short break?
0: I guess we have a short break.
1: I think I just looked at the clock and I thought, oh, it's been a while." I wonder what they, if their eyes are bubbling over there. Okay, it's
0: <laughs> short break.
1: Short break, five minutes, and
0: we see you
2: then. See you in five.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: Barbara, (laughs) she is probably one of the least Icta people, along with Kay, that I know. Hi, Barbara.
9: Oh, hello. Oh, it's good to be with you. Well, yes, I have. Um, you can tell me if it's okay to ask questions about this, but I would like to ask a few questions about the symbols and <clears throat> how it sounds as though it, my understanding, but it's been a long time since I've asked or thought about it is to talk about them to people. It's okay to be talking about them now that they're, I have them hang them in my house. And when people come over, you know, sometimes it's says, you know, like, what's that? And so just wanted to make double check and make sure I remember correctly that that's okay to talk about them.
1: You me, see that I heard this correctly.
9: Weaving symbols.
1: Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's probably my own ears.
9: Well, I didn't say weaving
1: so, symbols. Uh, <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Good question. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yes, it is. It is okay. Okay. In the beginning, um, it's it's not that they're really restricted from anybody, Mm -hmm. but we wanted to um, keep the thought form pure. Keep the thought form of all the symbols and the weavings and that process uh, with the pipes with all those symbols on it then not have anybody uh, else's confused ideas interjecting get the thought form strong enough
2: that uh, you could share it mm.
9: yeah. okay so and uh, and the other question about that is um jillian was over here the other day and uh, I had um, the tenth, the symbol about new sciences up on the refrigerator because I thought he would like it. And it was his eye level, and he really just pulled it. And uh, I realized he was trying to get it off the refrigerator, and I was doing something, so I forgot to go back and get it off and give it to him. But is it okay for me to be sh- just having those vibrate around him?
1: Oh yes. Oh
9: yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I I've thought so, but I wanted to make. Sure. Um, And he really loved your gratitude ceremony. I just wanted to thank you. And how old is he today? He'll be 20 months on the 15th. But (laughs) I was listening to the gratitude story ceremony, and he came in the room I was in, and he just sat there and listened. And then he looked at me and said, happy? And I said, very happy. And so he listened a little bit more and his mom was having a hard day and he just went into her and said, mama happy. And she didn't try to say, oh yeah, yeah, I'm okay. She, she was quiet for a minute, but I felt like I could shift her and I could hear her shifting into her joy for him. And it just really, they just, I could hear them going back and forth to each other and laughing and, so it was really quite beautiful to see that he really got it somehow. I mean, not somehow, but he really grasped. And that's, I've been wondering about how to teach him about song. And I feel like this is this gratitude ceremony and the song ceremony. I'm going to just have them play in the background. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, in the Henika's
1: tribe, the kids were open to that from, from birth. Yes. Uh, their mothers would carry them and and hold on to them. And they, they had a kind of thing that they did with the the blanket that, that makes a a baby carrier, you know, it's it's tied in knots in a certain way. And they would carry their children, even when they got kind of, you think a little big for that, (laughs) but, uh, it keeps them close and they see everything and they hear everything. And you think that they may not understand because they cannot verbalize very well at that age, or maybe, you know, what you're talking about, they, they just wouldn't be able to really verbalize at all, but they, they understand a lot more than you think. And they're receiving the energy of the teachings Yes. And they learn from the energy. And in the Hedekas tribe they didn't have anything, um, you know, like the modern
2: culture to
1: try to get them to to believe that the world was something it's not and to believe in your own sl- sleepness and mm-hmm. they're they're open
2: yeah
9: yeah absolutely i um so i'm really glad to get another thing i was i was another way that i might teach him i was wondering on valentine's day i gave him a a circle with a heart in it and his name he he knows he knows his name he can recognize it and so with a dot in the middle so that symbol that symbolizes the balance between male and female energies. I gave that to him in a car because he was going to have that broadcast to himself of that circle with the middle in it. And so I think I would like to, I'm trying to, uh, trying to think of ways to let him be introduced and feel. That's, that's beautiful.
1: Yeah. Symbols, visual things hearing you talk about it talking directly to him about some of these things you might think you're going to talk over his head but um like i said when when the class started with the great-granddaughter our great-granddaughter two months she's only two months old or three three months old yeah three months old and she's picking her up at the the way she's the baby is laying on the floor on her back and she lifts her by the waist with her leaving the legs on the ground, just bends her forward, tells her to tuck her chin, tuck your chin, tuck your chin. She only said it two, maybe three times. And, and you saw the chin go way down and she, her, her, mother picked her, you know, leaned her up farther And then slowly leaned her back. And then she knew at the point at which she could let her, her chin go. (laughs) Well, She's, she already learns that language and she learns the energetic, you know.
9: Yeah. I, that's, and he loves trees. He'll, he'll, I I hug the trees in his front yard. They're wonderful. They're beautiful, and so he hugs the trees in the front yard. Um, but it's I feel like he I feel like he knows more than I do because he has much less garbage that he's ever experienced. And but and he he is it's amazing how much he understands. You're right. It's amazing how much he he knows. And sometimes I get the feeling that an older hymn uh, talks and engages with me. <clears throat> is that a, is hmm. that
4: possible? That's
9: a thing.
1: That's a thing. Um, identifying that as uh, an older version of him, that's possible, but it could be because, um, you know, you're talking to something outside of time and space. It could be him before he came into this life, or it could be after, or it could be him as older, or maybe him as now. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know what he's saying to you. But well,
9: uh, the, the, this weekend he said, "What you just tell me, you're right. It is in my field, and I will use it one day." And so it was just like. <laughs> <laughs> <It> was, uh, <laughs> I've had those kind of interactions with him before but anyway it's real exciting to know that it is good for him to um, see the symbols and have access at eye level where he can really look at them or pick them up and touch them or things like that so
2: thank
1: you yeah. so you could even put them with toys, put them on toys, something that is not supposed to be mounted on the wall, but that he could play with. Huh.
9: Thank you. That sounds good. I thought about Laura when you uh, put some of the symbols on under underwear, or clothes of your son, underwear or something, that I might try something like that too.
1: That's a brilliant idea because <clears throat> that's just, you know, that's an intimate vibration that's just touching their skin the whole time. I think that's that's yeah, that's brilliant.
9: OK, well, that and I wonder if I can see I also with the red door use that um, energetic attack. Oh, I'm not, that's a method of teaching. Uh, I'm not protecting. I'm trying to protect his. So I use that program. I'm just saying that. Uh, is that okay? Anyway, I use that um, remove removing energetic attacks in his bowl. Yeah, ask the pendulum. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Every every time you you use the bowl before you do healings, you're you're always asking the spirits, asking the pendulum.
9: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate any support. I can get, and I've had a lot of support around Julian lately. He was really sick, and the weaving folks just came just just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful healings. He got pneumonia, and so he was sick. Yeah, Thank you, you folks. Thank you, Laura, and and Asta. I think they may be the only two here that were participating, but very, 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 very grateful. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
9: Thank you. Thank you you so much.
0: Okay. Anybody else? (laughs) I think
2: we're good
4: so I do have a question so when we're doing the gratitude ceremony and we're feeling it but we're also creating thought forms oh yes okay so like even pre-paving like what if I'm going to go to a dentist appointment or something, sometimes I'll just send energy to it and and see it all going perfectly. And it's, then the, it's just going to that space and that energy is like vibrating with it, my thought form. I, yeah. Okay. I do that a lot. Yeah. just didn't realize I was creating thought forms and sending it there. And that's like healing too. You're in a way. Yeah. Okay.
2: Thank you. Good question. Good. Thank you.
1: I can feel I can feel you thinking some thoughts out there somewhere. There's still some more. Don't be shy.
0: Thanks for joining us, Anita. Should I put my sister on the spot? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Lizzie.
2: Mallory.
1: <laughs> well, I'm really, really glad to see you here. It's beautiful. Feels very good. Hi. Very beautiful. Um,
5: do you want me to ask my question? Sure. Yeah. Um so following up on that last question, can you
6: talk speak to the difference between visualizing what we want and masky fantasizing or daydreaming?
1: The masky version of daydreaming, fantasizing usually has with it the muggle bubble beliefs that we grew up with which you know, is the way we we grew up learning that the world operates like this. And maybe you're fantasizing about um, a better car <laughs> or a better job or something like that, um, but you don't really think it's entirely possible. You have your doubts. You have your doubts. So those feelings of doubt go into the package, they go into the thought form. And that's what you're telling the universe is that I would love to have this, but I know I probably I could never get this. Oh it's never going to happen. Or oh my boss would never listen to that. Etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. We we send the the negative counterparts to what we are wishing
2: for. And even with a
1: a sort of a, a normal prayer, and we're saying, oh God, please give me A, B, C, D. Please make thus and such happen. Please make me happier. There's hidden sentences in there. The you aren't that. You aren't that. You aren't going to get that. You'll never be that way. And the universe just accommodates you by by what you're uh, what you're truly believing underneath. the The beliefs that you carry underneath are louder than the words you speak on the surface. And we hear that in some of the, the other teachings around the world, different cultures. They have their own way of saying that. But the beliefs that you hold, whether they, they have any integrity or not, whether they're right or not, uh, it doesn't matter. If you believe it's true, you hold that belief. It comes out in so many other things that you are, are doing and, and that you are trying to, to create or manifest. So what um, a way of thinking in, in the pre flood Egyptian and in the, uh, the Hedekas, the Peruvian way, very, very ancient. These go back to Lemuria and Atlantis and the stars. <clears throat> when you are talking to, well, something specific in the world, or you're talking just to the, the general world, the cosmos, and saying, please, please give me this. Please, uh, I would like my world to be this way. You're asking for the opposite. What you want to do is say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm grateful. I thank you so much for giving me this, whatever this is that you are hoping to, to accomplish. Maybe it has to do with the teachings or, uh, you know, with an illness you have or your family has, or it could be anything anything the words are thank you for this whatever this is thank you for providing this thank you for having this in my life and you feel it you feel it with your with your heart and your whole body like it has already happened and you picture it in your mind yep Um, Okay, I've been jonesing for this book and, you know, it's a it's really special and it's really rare and uh, it only costs 200 bucks. I don't know why everybody's so excited about that, but I would love to have that. So what you do is you picture it. You picture yourself holding the book. You own it now. It's yours. You own it. And you thank the universe for providing you with this book. You love this book. You love them for for giving you this gift. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you enough. And you feel it. It already happened. And it's, it's in the
2: um, Desi
1: Scrolls the the uh, the prayers of Christ were written in that form, and the prayers of Thomas. Thomas wrote about it specifically that this is the form you should pray in. You should feel this way. You should speak this way. And of course, um, that was edited out of the Bible that we are familiar with. So we we have to go to the uh, Natarabis. Texts or the Dead Sea Scrolls and and see that, but it's also in the Hindu, in the Buddhist, and many other things. it was it's the way that we do things with everything that we're going to try to do and create or or manifest in the ancient Peruvian and in this pre-flood Egyptian. This is the way it's done. Even when we do healings on people in our healing texting, techniques, and I'm not, I'm not supposed to talk about healing, but I'll talk about it really quickly. We picture it. We're doing the healing. We're, we're in the middle of it. We're inside somebody's body, for, for goodness sakes. And they need a new gallbladder in a hurry. <laughs> they need it bad because they're hurting. And so, in these techniques, we learn how to do psychic surgery. So, we remove that faulty gallbladder and send it through the door, and the spirits give us a new one, and they tell us how to install it and get everything hooked up just right, make it all good. We are picturing it all new and better. And we picture the the whole process of it being accomplished. It's better now. There's something that um, some of these traditions say, they'll do the whole healing like that, and they'll go, it is done, it is done, it is done, at least three times, maybe four times. And they do that in China. And I'm not sure... Uh that might be Taoist being China. <clears throat> but I'm not entirely sure sure what tradition that, that comes out. I saw that piece in the film, old, old, old film.
2: So that's uh that's
1: that's how we think about it. We've,
5: I guess the trick is to not drag along the beliefs that it can't be done.
1: Exactly. And we try to step out of those beliefs and learn to not believe them anymore. You, you could spend some time all by your, yourself and not trying to do anything else and take a look at some of those beliefs and why they're not true find out why are they, why is this not true and convince yourself. You don't need to hang on to that old belief because it just hinders everything. And feelings of, of, um, low accomplishment, low self-esteem, not being good enough. I'm never good enough. I'm never good enough. And I never got good grades in school and, and and all that kind of garbage. We're taught to think that way. And so we approach something like a healing or a ceremony or journey with, oh, I know I just heard the instructions, but I don't know how to do this. And I know I'm not capable, and I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And that's what the universe provides for you. You can't. It fixes it. So you can't. So you need to drop all of those beliefs and realize that you can. You can have this, and you can do that, and you can accomplish this. And you can have a beautiful relationship, a beautiful, beautiful, intimate relationship with somebody.
6: How do you know
9: that? <laughs>
6: <laughs>
9: uh, I got one.
1: Read you. I finally got one. I yeah. I went through so many guys <laughs> before Hilma. What? <laughs> and i got to say they're all well one was a nice guy but he was sick <laughs> and just couldn't cope he had he had too much war trauma couldn't cope with the kids or anything so but i would say the others are duds 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 and worse duds one after the other chia told me she kept telling me over and over don't don't get hooked up with that guy don't date him he's Creepy. has got it. No, don't, don't go there. It's, he's, he's a, he's deep in the muggle bubble. You know, don't do it. And I did anyway, of course. And, and I did this repeatedly until at one point, um, there was, it was a really bad relationship. <laughs> and she, I don't know what she did, but she kind of fixed it. So, that there just weren't any interesting guys out there or I wasn't interested in them.
2: And 12 years,
1: 12 years, no dates, a little teeny flirtation with this one guy, but uh, it was (laughs) just not, not really going anywhere. And then she said, you know, and then I started getting used to it. I realized that's hopeless. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be looking. I shouldn't be thinking that way. And so let's just go with the flow of it and learn to be alone and learn more about my song. And and we'll be, you know, just learn to find really groovy things about being alone. So I was alone for 12 years. And I really liked my solitude. I really liked being able to live uh, without any other kind of input of whatever kind of input it might've been. And I realized I was not in any shape or form for a relationship. (laughs) I mean, I just, I finally realized that, I couldn't accomplish it in the state of mind that I was with all the muggle beliefs and, and all that stuff. I, I just, I needed more alone time and more me. I needed to find out who me was. I was, I was trying to define myself by other people around me as we are taught to do, especially women. So, one day I, I decided I was finally ready and I asked Chi about that. And so she was giving me these, these women's women's teachings without the monodair. We'd go off in the forest and usually go to the waterfall and and sit there and and you know, she'd tell me all these incredible things. And I was saying, Well, I think I think I'm ready. I I think I am interested
2: in in finding a guy.
1: What do I do? So she told me the same same story. She said make a list of everything that you want so that cause this is a complicated affair. This <laughs> you want to have everything that you want and not have anything you don't want. So Go over this list over and over and over and over. Rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. I had 12 pages, single space, computer typed. 12 12 page list. (laughs) Starters. That was starters. Okay. I was was learning a little bit more about what what I might want or need or what I could... uh, do within a relationship. And then um, it was years later. And we we're at a Sundance. I had my trailer on a Sundance camp. And so I was the off-season kind of watcher caretaker of the land. Me and this other guy who had a teepee who wasn't there all the time anyway. So, um, I had the arbor all to myself and no one else, no one else, just me and all the sacred space. And so I, I rewrote my list and you know, really got into thinking it in depth. And when I felt really good about it, I took a can of tobacco, a whole can, Uh, for an offering for Indian people will understand that's excessive because they usually ask for something with a pinch of tobacco and that's their, that's the offering. Pinch is enough. I took a whole can because I figured this was a really, really, really big wish. (laughs) And it's the same, same process, same kind of thing. You have to feel it, you have to believe it. It's already happened. And I read the list to the spirits and I stood at the tree stump. This was Sundance Ground. So it was the, the center tree was cut down and had the stump left. And I, I was I was there a long time. And reading and, and the tobacco and the feeling, it all felt very doable, very good, very clean, very beautiful. It's already happened. Already done, already done, already done, already done. Two weeks later, I found myself in a car ride with some of my uh, friends from the Sundance grounds. One of them was Helmut.
2: And, and i realized who i was looking for i realized who it was he was right there all the time mm. so it's it's been beautiful
1: 30 years this year 30 this month 30 whole years yay
2: yeah I agree yay
1: (laughs) it's the same the same practice sometimes I've called it the muddy muddy feet story and it's a beautiful little story I have no idea where it originated but uh, I love it. It's very descriptive and very true. There's this white guy and he's he's got uh, some Indian friends. The Indians live nearby. They've got a little res there and he's got a real good buddy and his buddy calls him on the phone. He says, do you want to go with me for a ceremony? I got to go do a rainmaking ceremony. The elders want me to to go up to this sacred space that nobody's, you know, but the Indians themselves are allowed to be going there, know where it is or anything. And he was being invited and he goes, Ooh, yes, 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 yes. Let's do it. Hurry. Yeah. So they hop in the truck and they drive and drive and drive and drive up in the middle of nowhere in the the mountains and trees. And then they have to get out and walk. And then they're walking through the sagebrush, and it smells so good—the juniper trees and the pine trees, and all that sagebrush. And um, I don't know if you've ever smelt that, but it's—it has this beautiful essence. It's just woo. And the air's filled with it. So he's you know walking and walking, and finally come to the the this really old medicine wheel, which is a bunch of stones that have been laid out in a great big circle. And maybe they have some other stones with it too. We didn't describe that. But um, there's the the sacred circle. You you can kind of walk up to it, but you don't go in it without permission of elders and that kind of thing. So the white guy stays outside the circle. The Indian takes his uh, shoes and socks off, steps inside the circle, And he's just, he's just standing there and his, his uh, hands are out a little bit and he's not saying anything, not doing anything, moving or, but he's, it's whatever's happening, it's going on inside him. And the white guys, you know, oh, that's starting. This is really cool. This is, I hope I get to learn more and see more and. And then the Indian steps back out of the circle, and says, "All right, you know, it's like it's time to go now. Want to go get a hamburger? Are you hungry?" And the white guy's going, "But, but where's the ceremony? Where's the where's the calling of the rain? And where, you know, where's what's happening?" And the Indian decides to tell him, uh, "I already did it. It's already complete. We did it." And the white guy's very confused. He says, We well, were only in there for a few minutes. She didn't say anything, and he didn't give tobacco. And, and what's up? What is this? And the Indian says, I did everything that w- the elders taught me how to do. And what they taught me how to do is to stand in the sacred space, call the spirits, and give thanks. Thank them for making the rain, because we have a horrible drought. Thank you for making the rain. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And he felt it. He felt it all over his body, like getting wet standing in the rain. He felt it his mud uh, all over his feet, and he felt he smelled the water the when the water comes in the in the desert. This is out in the desert in Taos, uh, New Mexico. The, it hits the sage and the dirt and the juniper and the pine and maybe other herbs, and the smell is just so strong, and, and there's nothing else like it in the world. It's just exquisite, so alive so he he could smell the smell of the rain and the plants and he could smell the the water that's getting into the mud and that has that own its own unique smell and he placed himself in his village with the adobe buildings and he touched the building and everything's wet there and he could smell that smell and the uh the people smell their cooking and the rain and feel it everywhere The rain, and he he gave thanks to giving the rain, and it's done, and it's done, and it's done, and it's done, and that was over. And then they drive into the hamburger place in in Towson, and and, you know they eat their burgers, and while they're sitting there, they see the clouds collecting. And it starts to rain. It didn't just start to trinkle, you know, it poured. It poured and it gushed and it it just torrents of rain. And it was starting to, um, you know, make parts of the street a little difficult and stuff like that. And so they went, they got back to their own houses. And in a couple of hours, um, he called up the, his Indian friend and and said, what's with the rain? We've got f- the, the fields are flooded. The roads are flooded. The gutters are flooded. The town's flooded. <laughs> it's, we got a lot of water everywhere and it doesn't look like it's going to stop too soon. And the Indian friend hemmed and hawed and, and finally said, well, they taught me how to start the rain, but they didn't know, they couldn't tell tell me how to stop it. So they had several weeks of heavy, heavy, heavy torrents of rain. <laughs> so that's the muddy feet story with his mud in the feet. You have mm-hmm. to feel it. Every sense, you see it. You hear it, you feel it, you smell it. He tasted it, he leaned his head back and, and was tasting it and drink, his spiritual head. The guy didn't move his physical body when he was doing this. <clears throat> and he, he experienced it already happening. Just in case you think you might want to get the rain started somewhere, you have to define. You have to tell the spirits and the cosmos the kind of rain and how much and, and how fast and when you'd like to, to to stop and or and start again, maybe, or trickle, or so it can sink in. You no, know, you you have to give the parameters. That's the one thing that the elders did not teach uh the younger Indian.
5: I actually did that last year during a drought and everybody was so surprised that there was rain. It's like hmm, yeah. <laughs> Relationships a whole different thing though, but I get
1: there. That's yeah. Rain's easy. Rangy relationships. Very tricky stuff.
8: A lot of beliefs there.
1: Oh, boy, we are so trained. I I didn't realize how, how completely society had trained me to be a good muggle wife. <laughs> and very, very, very asleep. It was a very big shock to me to to perceive that, to understand it and and feel it, really understand it from the inside and change it. And then I could see uh, when I was starting to interact with somebody, if it was turning into an old program of behavior, that was happening. Ooh, ooh, muggle programming. Alert, alert, alert. Stop.
2: So that's, you know, took
1: me 12 years.
2: I'm 50. I don't have that long. (laughs) Doesn't have to take that long, hopefully.
1: Doesn't have to take that long.
2: Okay. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Mm,
0: this was fun. <laughs>
2: Beautiful.
1: Thank you all so much. You guys have been truly truly beautiful and love the new people. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. It gets hard to say goodbye get in touch with us there's so many beautiful people beautiful faces
0: get in touch with us if you want to find out what's coming up Laura or me and have fun thank you love you
1: lots of happiness and love
0: see you next time
1: Love you all. Love you all.
0: Hi, hey, Andrew. Glad you made it. <laughs> Bye, Vicky. Bye, everybody. I
1: love you all so much. Mm.
0: Very nice.